Hello, and welcome to the Post Church Podcast. My name is Bryson Wallace. I decided to sit down with uh, my wife uh, because this podcast is all about stories, and uh, my wife has a story of her own. A lot of it will overlap with mine, of course, um, but uh, yeah, I'm excited to uh, have her on, and I hope you guys enjoy this interview. Uh, So uh, without further ado, uh, here you go. All right. Hey, guys. Uh, I have my wife here, Elizabeth. Hello. All right. So um, I wanted to bring my wife on uh, because she's a big part of my life and uh, she's part of my story, but she has her own story as well. So the template that I have, uh, I have a few questions and everything uh, that I'm going to ask everyone. And of course, there's going to be some uh, specialty questions because I do uh, know my wife's story a little bit. And uh, some of those questions might be a little bit more, I guess, pointed. Uh, So, yeah. Uh, Are you ready? Yeah, let's get started. All right. Awesome. So uh, tell me about your uh, childhood or your introduction into church or Christianity. Okay. So I was raised in church um, my whole life. My parents took me to church. My family um, was a Southern Baptist family. Um, We lived in the Metroplex, Fort Worth, Dallas area, and I don't ever remember a time that we did not go to church. Um, I was raised on veggie tales and Bible curriculum and uh, just always had a Christian home. All right, now, did you always stay in the uh, Fort Worth area or... Uh, no, we moved um, when I was 12 years old to West Texas. Okay. The, how did that affect you in, in general? And then we can talk about it, if it, if at all it affected your, your faith. So um, I was a sixth grader um, at the school that I left. I was leaving elementary school. So it was like a K through sixth grade was elementary school. And the new town that we moved to, uh, junior high, was 6th through 8th. So I was kind of just thrown into the middle of middle school, junior high, whatever you call it in your school district. Um, so it was, it was hard because I didn't get to have that year of learning the ropes of this school. You were just kind of thrown in. I was coming straight from elementary school, jumping into middle school, but everybody else my age already had it figured out. So that was kind of difficult. Um, And then just moving to a new place. I mean, I was a 12-year-old girl going through lots of changes in life, and then you throw in this move that I didn't want to make. And so, of course, there's emotions and there's different things that you feel. But actually, church was the one place that kind of felt right about our move all right so uh were you involved in church did you just go did you um volunteer or anything like that so when we first moved there i just went um just to start making friends our next door neighbors invited us we went to um, a church right down the street and there were lots of kids my age or one year older and so there was a good a good group of folks to get to know. Um, my parents found 
a group that they belonged with that had kids my age. And so it was just a good setting for us as a family. All right. And so, of course, you know, I know some of your story and everything. So what, um, where did you go to college? Like what, uh, did you know what you wanted to be uh, in high school or were you, did you just kind of go somewhere and try to figure it out? So um, during high school, I did volunteer in the youth group. I was on the praise team and I, um, for a small time, worked with the children's ministry um, volunteering after school on Wednesdays to come and help with whatever they needed, vacation Bible school, things like that. Um, I ran a small group for a little bit when I was in high school for junior high girls, um, just trying to do anything that I could to be a leader in the youth group. Um, but I mean, I also was a teenager, so I had some setbacks, but, um, Knowing what I wanted to do, being on the praise team, I was, I, I knew I was a good singer, not to be, that sounds kind of braggy, but I don't mean it like that. Um, she is a good singer, by the way, like a phenomenal <laughs> singer, so she can brag all she wants. <laughs> so I, at one point in time, wanted to see if I could make it in the world as a singer and um, be a professional singer and I academically didn't think I was very good in school. So I was like, well, hey, if I can get into college by singing, why not? And so I focused really hard um, my last couple of years of high school on my music and on singing. Um, I mean, there were other distractions in there, but it was mostly focused on music. I uh, looked into... Um, just randomly on a family vacation one summer, I looked into my parents' alma mater, Howard Payne, Stingham, uh, and I met the choir director there. And he's honestly one of the reasons that I ended up going to Howard Payne. Um, Any time that we would be at competitions or anything, his wife was a director for the local school. And so he supported his wife's program. And so he came and our school competed in the same competitions and so he would come and ask how did you do just like checking in what songs are you singing different things like that and that really spoke to me that a college professor one remembered who I was even though I was some silly little high school girl and two he actually cared and so I really looked into going to Howard Payne and they had a vocal performance uh, major and so I looked into um, singing professionally as a vocal performance major. But um, the summer right before college, after I graduated, I got to go on a mission trip to Brazil. And while I was there, I met some different people from a different church in a different town, and they asked me questions, and we just talked. And working in Brazil, I realized that I love working with kids, and that I wanted to focus on children's ministry. So when I got to college, my professor asked me, what career do I want? And I said, well, I like singing, but I want to be a children's minister. Like I said that the very first week of school. So so did anything change at all? Like, um, uh, so did you change your major or anything? Or? Oh, yeah. I changed my major the first semester of sophomore year. 
to Undecided <laughs> because I love singing. I love music. But being a vocal performance major was more in the classical music department, which I love. Like, I can sing that music any day, all day long. But you had to do so much that it almost made me hate music. Like, I didn't want to not want to sing. And that's what it was starting to do. And you had to take piano, and I'm really bad at playing instruments. And so I don't know how I made it through my freshman piano classes. I think my tears got me a good grade because I did not play those songs well. And I left my first piano class sophomore year and I called my mom and I said, can I please change my major? Like, I can't do this anymore. <laughs> it was between piano and um, music theory, I was done. I was like, no, I'm good. I want to just sing. Yeah, I don't know how you did that. I mean, I started, I went to Howard Payne too, of course, Stingham. Um, I mean, I started off as a, youth ministry with a music minor because at the time they had a you know guitar teacher and you could actually like either minor or major in guitar and i wanted to do that but oh yeah the stereotypical youth ministry who can play guitar y yes <laughs> but i never played my guitar i didn't i was not that guy <laughs> we had plenty of those guys at howard Payne, and i was not one of them and we had a guy that would sit on the courtyard and just strum his guitar um, but whatever, you know, that was just one. There's multiple others, um, but I was not that guy. Uh, but I, I later switched, you know, my major to Bible and everything. Um, so anything else significant happened during this time? I mean, there was quite a lot, um, quite a lot of changes happening my freshman year of college into my sophomore year, but I guess the big one was we started dating. No, that wasn't <laughs> that long ago. Yeah, it was. Yeah. So I'm going to put this on the record here. Oh, my okay? gosh. Please don't. Yes, I am. <laughs> All right. She argues about when we first met. Okay. So I remember first meeting her in the cafeteria because me and some other people were sitting around and... We're talking about where they're from, and I uh, realized she was from Snyder, that kind of stuff. And we talked for just like it wasn't a, it wasn't very long. I guess I didn't make a really good impression because she <laughs> does not remember this at all, but I do. So let that be on the record uh, as me having said that. So. All right, you can have your cafeteria story. I don't remember it. I'm very sorry. I remember somebody mentioning that there was a guy from Sweetwater, but I don't remember who it was or if I actually talked to that person. So I'm very sorry. I don't remember the first time we met. Mm. <sighs> okay. Anyways. So, <laughs> um, so yeah, um, this is where our stories kind of um, – come together um so we met um the i guess i guess you could say the official you know story is uh, she stole a curly fry from me <laughs> and that was it um so 
uh, we started talking and everything and uh yeah we started talking at the end of freshman year yep yep and then started dating in the in the summer, summer. yeah so found out how fast she can drive <laughs> I'm gonna get you into some trouble. Um, you know, she could, you know, make the uh, trip from Brownwood to Sweetwater in like a legal amount of time. A legal amount of time. <laughs> so I won't. I won't say how le- illegal. But I said legal. Oh, a I, legal amount. I oh. made it in a legal amount of time. Okay. All right. Whatever. <laughs> <laughs> So at this time, uh, you know, I'm going into ministry, of course, into youth ministry. Uh, so I know there's, you know, there's countless of, of books on this and, and everything, but kind of talking about uh, ministry and being a minister's wife, um, you know, we'll talk about some other things that have happened, but what has your experience been being a minister's wife you're not one you know now but how how was that experience it depended on where we were um i loved when we were dating i got to be the fun girlfriend who comes in and does a bible study here and there or helps lead things and it it was more of a it's not mandatory kind of thing um and that was that was nice to not feel like i had to be somewhere um i i love volunteering with the youth group and i did feel like it was not my job but like that's how i supported him was helping in any way that i can with his ministry uh, but then as a wife, and when we had kids, and it, it just, it became harder. I didn't want the kids in the youth group to think that I didn't care about them or that I didn't want to be a part of their ministry or helping them grow. And so I did the best that I possibly could probably could have done better at balancing home and church. We put a lot of effort into church and into trying to be perfect in the church building. Can you speak a little bit more about that, like being perfect? What do you mean by that? So like when you're in ministry it almost feels like you have this spotlight on you 24 7 when you're in that building when you're in a function or something else and so like we had our son right when we started our first full-time gig we had just had our son he was three months old when we started and so i felt like he couldn't cry in church. He had to be a perfect little baby. Uh, He couldn't act up if there were any incidences in the nursery or if he wasn't getting along with somebody else's kid. Like, it was my fault. I had to make sure he was perfect. 
You know, there was never any, like, outspoken, like... Oh, never. Uh, yeah. This was all what I felt. Um, but then you would get that look here and there or a comment here and there as he got older about just little things like like his hair. He has gorgeous hair. It's thick and it's crazy. But I had people straight up tell me, you know, I use this gel on my son's hair to make it stay where it needs to be. And just little things like that that you're like, he's two. Let him be wild. <laughs> but because of those comments, I was like, well, he has to look perfect all the time. He has to act perfect. Putting that on a two-year-old and on me, a young mom who wasn't perfect, who isn't perfect, because none of us are, but I felt like I had to be. Yeah, it was definitely, like, I can see, you know, how much it stressed you out and, you know, how much it stressed me out, too, because I knew it, like, bothered you. And it just, it's really crazy. You, you don't realize it until you are in a ministry position, how much you feel like, and it's not a prideful thing. Like, th this is not a, oh, you know, I'm on a pedestal. Oh, no, I'm, not at all. You know, it, it's not that. Uh, it's, you feel like everyone's watching your move. And it's, it's one of those things that you have to, like, look at yourself and you, you question yourself, like, well, if I do this, what would this person say? Or, like, if I did this, you know, would this, like, would someone, like, think it poorly of me poorly or? of me or like my job or you know would this put my job in jeopardy or or whatever and it's just little things like that um but it was know. also things that would never put a job at jeopardy that you would like the things you would think would oh yeah i mean it's it's a different it's a whole different world in in church life like you know whatever your you know beliefs are on like alcohol or something like that or or, or whatever you know, there were times, um, like after ministry that, you know, I would have a mini heart attack going into like specs to get, <laughs> get like, uh, for those of you that aren't from Texas, that's, that is a liquor store, you know, just to, you know, get a drink. Uh, and I would have a heart attack because I'd be like, what if someone sees me, you know, but like I was no longer in ministry. And so that didn't, affect me but that was that was one of those that was one of those things like you know if we wanted to enjoy a drink or something because other church members did i mean there's nothing wrong with it and uh if we wanted to we, we never like we never felt comfortable we never felt comfortable with that because we were like oh no yeah if somebody <laughs> sees this you're gonna get fired yeah and that is a weird pressure like, it's so weird, um, but also understandable because, I mean, there are churches and there are people that uh, don't believe that, especially a minister should drink. So, um, you know, you have people out there that believe that. But, um, yeah, it's a really weird, weird place uh, to be, uh, to feel like you're under a um, magnifying glass. Definitely. Um, which, uh, you know... At one of the churches we were at, there was a lot of pressure, um, but 
Um, how was it? Because at this, at one of the churches that we were at, um, is whenever I went through or started like heavily into like deconstruction and stuff. Um, how I haven't really asked you really about this, but I, I just have my memory to go off of and everything. But um, what was that like being, because I know I would go to you with, with some things, um, but what was, what was that like? So can you, re, can you frame that question just a little bit? Like what was, so like when you come to me, what was it like? Yeah. What was it like? Or like whenever you first found out that I was having, like I was coming to you with these weird, like either questions or weird, like, you know what I think about this, you know, that was completely different than either what we believed or what maybe you believed. What, what was that like? So it was odd at first and I have to really think about what you're saying and I have to see it. I'm a visual learner and a lot of these things is you like people always say I have to see it to believe it but a lot of these things aren't things that you see. It's having the faith, having the trust and so that it was really hard for me because I also was like oh my gosh you're gonna get fired like you can't say that kind of stuff you're gonna get fired like because we didn't have anyone we could talk to about this. And so I wanted to be there for you to come and have these conversations. But also, I am not a theologian. I am not big on knowing everything about theology like you are. And so sometimes these conversations would just go woof over my head. And I had to just be like, mm-hmm, okay. And just process it. And then figure out what I could take away from the conversation we just had to see, well, do I agree with that? Do I understand where he's coming from with this? And just kind of deconstruct it myself. And so, like, you know, talking about that process and everything, were there ever some times where we're, we're just like, I have no idea what he's talking about or like... Yes. <laughs> probably all the time because, you know, looking back, there was a lot of stuff that I just brought to you and like, hey, here's this. <laughs> and, you know, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> there's There's been a lot of those things. But then there would also be movies or like just having a blunt conversation about well, let's look at this situation. Would you pick A or B? Yeah. Mm -hmm. Why would you have picked A? Well, because that's how I was raised. Well, what do you see in B that is good? Well, this and this and this and this, but they also did this and that's what we were taught not to do. But how is that bad? Oh, well. And just making me think through those kinds of things. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and, you know, I remember going through that time, and, you know, I didn't, I never really, like, asked you, like, hey, you know. Do you agree with do me? Do you agree with me or anything? <laughs> I just kind of, like, went with it, um, which, you know, it was, it was okay if you didn't, didn't, um, but, uh, like, I don't know, um, 
So while I was going through that, um, I mentioned uh, telling my story. One of the biggest catalysts was um, how everybody was reacting to like the election, how people were re- reacting to politics and, and stuff like that. Um, I know I talked a little bit about that with you and stuff. Um, where Was there ever a point in time, I know you process things differently, but was there ever a point, you know, in the, what is it now, like four years of this process that you were like, you know what, like, I, I don't want to say the word catalyst or, or I guess turning point. Was there ever a point where you're like, you know what, maybe there's a lot of this stuff that I agree with now because looking at it I can see a point but I want to hear from you if there if there was so I think it was in the last two years we watched a movie on Netflix is it the um come Sunday oh hey come Sunday so yeah um if you don't know what that movie is go watch it it's really good um it's basically a pastor's view a pastor changes his view on hell um that's on netflix um shameless plug uh so uh, if you want to check that out go check it out i remember we sat down to watch it we had talked about it and like the idea of what you were saying it was about i was like are you kidding me like why is that guy saying that and then we watched it and i like how it showed both sides and how they were thinking and it just once again i'm a visual learner and so seeing somebody go through it and talking about it and the conversations that we had after that was it was easier for me to process for some i mean it's just how my brain worked and so for that it was easier but i guess it to get me to watch that i had to have been okay with it at some point so i guess it was after we left yeah yeah it had to have been after we left uh, that one church um and so um i mean a lot of change happened after lot, that but that was also when the pandemic started and so we were at home more we didn't have a lot of people that we could talk to about things i mean we had just moved it was just us in that house and so those conversations were had because, I mean, that's what you could do. You could sit around and talk and watch movies, play games. And that's what we did. Yeah. And I think, too, like, at that point, you know, of course you have, you know, the election and stuff in 2020. And so that political landscape combined with, like, the pandemic got us to talking about a lot of different things. And a lot of different topics. Um, And so um, I I remember, you know, we had never, ever talked about politics before until, you know, those last. The 2016 election. Yeah, yeah, really. We we never really talked about politics at all um, until then, until, you know. And in that, and there were still things, and there might still be some things that we don't 100% see eye to eye on. 
Like, just because my husband has gone through this deconstruction and he has changed the views that he had growing up, I didn't 100% jump on board because he's my husband. Like... Yeah, you are your own person. (laughs) Like... (laughs) 100%. Um, (laughs) I have my own opinions. Um, But it was... It was nice to see that I, I didn't have to have those same opinions or believe the same things 100%. Like, I did process things differently. And yet now, four, six years later, we're on the same terms pretty much, but we didn't both get there at the same time, if that makes sense. Yeah. Um, and so, you know, this kind of brings us kind of to our last question, but I guess before we get to that one, um, you know, we've talked about pressures of being, you know, in church and being ministers and, and stuff like that. Um, and one of the, one of the things I want this podcast to be is a tool and a resource. Um, so speaking as a minister's wife or former minister's wife, what could churches do better? Be their friend, like a genuine friend. And I know it's hard. Um, and I had a genuine friend at our last church. And she straight up told me that she didn't like being the friend at some points because she knows ministers leave. She knows that not everybody stays. And then we up and leave and go to a new place and make new friends and then she's still there. And I know that that's a true reality, but there are times where ministers stay for years and years and it is one of the loneliest experiences being a minister's wife. Yes, you are acquaintances with lots of people in the church, but because of those unsaid pressures of being perfect or different things like that, like not everybody invites you to go have a drink. Uh, Not everybody tells you everything that a true friend would let loose because, well, they don't want the pastor's wife to know. They don't want the youth minister's wife to know they struggled with this. Like if I could have had some true friends in our past churches, I really think that would have made a world of difference. Like, yeah. yeah. I, I remember calling my mom when we had been at our church for about six months and just begging for a friend. Like, she was asking if there, we had any prayer requests. And I, I wanted a friend. And... One of, one of our friends was interviewing for youth ministry positions, and it was my maid of honor, my best friend, and there was a couple of positions open in the area surrounding us, and I was like, oh my gosh, God, please let this happen. Like, if my best friend could be 30 minutes away from me instead of six hours away from me, I would finally not feel alone in this building. Like, how sad is that? Yeah, like... In a building of 200-plus people, I felt so alone. 
Yeah, it's like again, it's a whole different experience being a minister, um, because you feel like, you know, of course you're a minister, and you know some people will be like super open to like telling you some stuff because hey, you're a minister or whatever. But like the reciprocal of that, like being a minister, is really really hard to let someone know, hey, I'm struggling with this, because of that like unsaid pressure or whatever. Um, and you have no idea what, you know, that's going to, you know. Well, and it, when nobody reaches out to you to be close, you don't know who you can reach out to. And yeah. so, like, some people would say, well, if you just if you just reach out and try to be more bubbly or get to know people, like, I did. That, that's, that's one of the things that really hurt mm-hmm. was – I tried, but we were also 10 years younger than the majority of the congregation. Yeah, our kid was the same age as some of their youngest, but they were in a different life area than us. And so after two or three, yeah, let me check my schedule and see if I'm available kind of things. Or, yeah, we can come to your kid's party and then no-shows, you kind of just suck it up and realize that there's not really that person for you. Yeah, and, you know, that, that, that was hard. Um, like, you know, my biggest friend was, like, my roommate in college. Like, he was, you know, in another church somewhere, but, like, he was one of the only people I talked to really you know besides you and And so we tried we tried making friends we're not trying to say that i mean we can be introverted we can be shy but we just we just didn't fit yeah and you know the reality is is like you know finding that place it can be hard for some people um but uh i mean you know, looking back, um, you know, those people also had, you know, their life and, and stuff like that. And, you know, it's, I don't know, it's, it's really hard to explain uh, just the, I don't know, the weirdness of being a youth minister or a minister's wife in, like, friendships. It's just really weird. Um, but, uh, anyways, anything else? that you think the church could do better? Depends on the church. (laughs) True, true, true. But, like, in general, like, (laughs) if we can, you know, big big C church. Not, I mean, that's really the one thing that anywhere we've been. Yeah. All of the churches we've been to, I've noticed that, that it is a very lonely road. And other ministry wives that I've talked to mm-hmm. have also felt the same way. I did, it, like, I did make friends at that church in that area of life that we were in, but not within that church building, if that makes sense. Got you, yeah. Yeah. Like, I made acquaintances in that church building, but I made friends 
by going and joining a MOPS group, a Mothers of Preschoolers group. Yeah. I made friends by working at a children's preschool and made friends with my colleagues there, like friends that I still reach out to and talk to. Like, yeah. I, but in the ministry alone, I really feel like that's that's a like a blanket cover of something that they could do. Yeah, because I mean, you know, we're human too, um, ministers and ministers' wives. We're we're human too, and you know, some people just don't realize that. Um, again, it's it's one of those weird jobs. Um, but, anyways, so kind of going back to uh, that sounds funny. Going back to the last question um, that I was going to ask. Uh, so where do you see, where do you see your faith now? And where do you hope, um, I don't know, where do you hope to be? It definitely feels stronger in my faith than I ever have. Um, growing up, the messages that I heard were all fear-based, scaring me into my faith, um, saying, if you don't act like this, you are not doing it right kind of stuff. And where we are now, you don't hear that at all. And so it makes me feel stronger and I have a better understanding of what we're being taught or what we're reading. Um, I, I definitely, I want to continue down this path of feeling this way about my faith being able to stand up and proudly say that I believe in these people, I love these people, I think, I don't know, there's there's a lot that has changed that I just, I don't know, it's really hard to put into words. Yeah. Yeah, and one last question, like, with your experiences in ministry and being a minister's wife, like, would you be open to ministry if it ever came up again? Like, has the experiences you had, have that, has that turned you off? Or, you know, where we are at now, are you open to it? Or If we could serve in a church that we are members of right now, <laughs> I would do it in a heartbeat. But... I don't think I could ever go back to the type of things that we've gone through. Yeah. That it would take a lot of prayer and a lot of God saying, yes, this is where you're supposed to be. Because I don't know if my mental health could handle going back into ministry. Hmm. Yeah. It's, it's been a really hard six years. Yes, it has been. It has. And so I, I love ministry. I love working with the church, but it really depends on what church. All right. Well, thank you so much for sitting down and 
answering some questions. Of course. I enjoyed it. So uh, I hope you guys enjoyed uh, that. Um, if you or if Elizabeth's story or anything that we said resonated with you, um, feel free to email. Uh, I'll leave a link uh, in the show notes if you want to send an email or anything like that. And uh, yeah, um, glad you uh, stopped to listen. Uh, until next time, uh, grace and peace.